Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My Promise Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at mypromisechurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. right now we invite your presence into this house lord we invite your spirit to speak to us we invite your word to challenge us lord we invite your spirit to fill us lord i just pray lord everything that is within your will to do today that you will do it in this house that you'll do it in our life that you'll do it in our heart right now god we pray it today every need be supplied lord every heart be filled in Jesus' name. How many said amen to that? Amen, 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 amen. God bless you. I love seeing folks come up to worship if you want. I, I wouldn't care if you stayed up, but you can find a seat if you want to. I want to go to Acts chapter 1. I've started a, uh, a Holy Spirit message. Um, I, uh, this month, we've got um, a Baptism Sunday. We've got a Pentecost Sunday. Um, next week is Mother's Day. We're going to um, kind of come out of gear, do a... Uh, our, our ladies are going to do a five for five. If you've never been here for a five for five service, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we have five different speakers kind of go for five minutes about approximately, and um, it's always a great day. So we've done that on Father's Day. We've done it on Mother's Day last year. We thought we'd bring it back uh, because it went so good. So that'll be next week. Um, if you want to, uh, if bring your mama, bring your kids, bring what if you're a mother, bring, make sure you got your kids. If you're a grandma, bring your grandkids. Whatever it is, fill the house. Mother's Day is always a great day um, in the house, so I'm looking forward to that. But after that, we're going to have Baptism Sunday and then a Pente- and on Pentecost Sunday as well. And I'm really looking forward to Baptism Sunday, which is going to be two weeks from today. Um, and I want to make an appeal. Uh, we are going to we're going to make a big deal about it. We're going to celebrate it. It's worth celebrating. Uh, it's new life, new creature in Christ is what the scripture says. So we're going to have a pool outside there and. Um, we're gonna, I'm just going to kind of preach a short message, um, try to encourage faith, folks that maybe have not taken that step. I'll try to encourage on that day. But I also want to make an appeal even now because I believe somebody can make that decision right now. Um, and I know, I know there's a lot of folks in our church that that is their next step. Um, that is their next step to be baptized. Maybe it's even an overdue step for some. And, um, and so I want to, uh, I want to just appeal to you because um, this, uh, Jesus himself, he said, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. And I think sometimes we've got too much just kind of, um, well, I just believe it in my heart and sure, faith starts there. Um, but there's also steps that we take. Uh, that is God's will, that is God's plan, that is God's purpose. And I always tell people, Jesus, he traveled a lot of miles. Somebody can help me. Uh, traveled a lot of miles to, uh, to be baptized. And I always tell folks, you, you don't have that long of a walk to the baptism tank from where you're standing. It, he, somebody helped me before service is out. I, I can't remember. It was like 40 miles or something he traveled to be baptized. We've got like 40 feet. So it's, you know, let's go. And the water's ready. 
Um, but, um, but we have a sign up, and um, so I don't know. Maybe it's a conversation you're going to have with your children. Maybe it's a conversation you're going to have with your spouse. Maybe it's a conversation you uh, need to have with the Lord in your prayer closet. Um, but I want you to take that step. It's an important step in your faith. Um, and it's a new you. I say that all the time. It's not like an improved you. It's a new you. You're a new creature. It's not like 2.0 you. It's a whole new you. And uh, so, so it's, it's going to be a blessing. And um, if, if, uh, if, you are, if you've been baptized, I want you to come and celebrate, folks. If you've been baptized, I want you to be a testimony. And maybe people in your circle say, hey, you know, talk to folks. Maybe after church, before church. Have you been baptized? Or, and um, Because I believe that uh, it can be a really special and blessed day um, and, and should be. So uh, come celebrate with us on that day. I know it's going to be a tremendous day. And um, so two weeks from today, Baptism Sunday. I want to go, I started this message series, if you stand with me, I'll just read eight verses just to honor the word, I'm going to read eight verses real quick, I started it last Sunday, I kind of did a part two uh, on first Wednesday, so uh, it's kind of part three, um, but I want, to, I, I want to, my goal with this is always to raise faith in what the Holy Spirit is doing in this day, in this hour, in this earth. And uh, I just want to read the first eight verses of the book of Acts. It says, this is Luke writing. He says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So after the resurrection, after his suffering, after his passion, the King James said, he presented himself alive with many convincing proofs for 40 days. So there's this period of time, and it says on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. This was a command of Jesus. He was very serious about it. Do not, don't go anywhere else, don't do anything else until you receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, which you've heard me speak about. He says, not many days, uh, I'm, I'm quoting from memory here, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. John said earlier, he said, I'm just baptizing you with water, but he will baptize you with fire. And the Holy Spirit. So he says, when they, and they gathered around him, they asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They kind of changed the subject. Jesus gets back on subject. He says, it's not for you to know the times and dates that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power. Everybody say power. When the whole, That was powerful for 9 a.m. I love that. When you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Say hi to somebody around you. God bless you for being in the 9 a.m. You can be seated. What a great time of worship we had. Thank you to the worship team, the band, everybody. God bless you. It's a good day to be in the house. So, so leading up to this text we just read, uh, 
Luke is writing it, and he says, in my former book, which is the Gospel of Luke, he says, I told you about all these things that Jesus taught, all these miracles, all the healings. I told you about all those things. And he says, I want to remind you that for 40 days after Jesus resurrected, uh, and before he ascended into heaven, I think a lot of times we, we overlook that in Scripture, maybe because one book is turning into the next, what we're going from the Gospels to the book of Acts, but we miss that sometimes. We think, okay, Jesus came out of the grave and then, boom, ascended into heaven, but we miss that it was actually like six weeks there that Jesus was appearing to people, and, 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 and there's, he primarily was teaching about three things in those 40 days. He was telling people about his death, and resurrection and how that fulfilled the scriptures. We saw that on Easter as he traveled with those two disciples to Emmaus. Another thing that he always talked about was the coming church age. And he was saying, look, I've got to go away, but I will not leave you helpless. I will not leave you comfortless. And so that leads to really the third subject that he was talking about, which was the promise of the coming Holy Spirit. And what I love about this, uh, in the book of Acts, is that Luke is the writer of the book of Acts. And I want to introduce you a little bit to Luke today before I really get into it. And I want you to know, because sometimes people don't know, but Luke was actually not one of the 12 selected disciples of Jesus. He was not Jewish. He was not a Hebrew. He was not a fisherman. He was a doctor, he was educated, and he was very smart. And so when they said these things about Peter and his brother, they said, well, they're just fishermen, they're just kind of blue-collar guys, they're not really, they don't have all the degrees, you really maybe shouldn't listen to those guys. Well, Luke was not Jewish, he was Greek by nationality, he knew the Grecian culture, but he was so attracted to what Jesus was teaching and preaching and miracles and healing that he became a follower of Jesus. And here's what I want you to understand. It's interesting to me that the one that wrote this book about the supernatural, the book of Acts is a supernatural book. If you read it, these are not natural occurrences. Lame people do not get up, jump around, and go into the church building naturally. Uh, Holy Spirit fire does not fall into prayer rooms naturally. These are supernatural things. And so this doctor, this educated man, this this man with degrees hanging up on his office wall, he's writing to us a book about the Holy Spirit, about miracles that defy medicine, miracles that defy nature. They are supernatural. They defy science and all the things that he was taught in medical school. But he is giving us these snapshots of the Holy Spirit. He's the one scribbling notes in that prayer meeting off to the side as fire is falling on each of the disciples. And he's saying it was a sound like a rushing mighty wind that blew into the windows and rattled the doors. And and it was like a fire shut up in my bones and, and there was tongues of fire. This educated man, this man that went to medical school. This guy that knows science and medicine and and writes prescriptions in sloppy handwriting, he's over here now writing the book of Acts. And he's saying, I I couldn't believe it, but fire fell from heaven. I couldn't believe it, but they were praying in a language that they did not know naturally. Greek, educated, doctor, not goofy, not crazy, not a looney tune. Are you with me? In verse 4 and 5, Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem. 
But wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the fire of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting to me, verse 6, the disciples kind of change the subject. They say, Lord, we don't really want to talk so much about this Holy Spirit thing. Uh, Who's going to be first in the kingdom? When are you going to start the kingdom back up? Remember, they were saying, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? Who's going to sit on your right hand? Who's going to get a promotion? And it's almost as if Jesus, in verse 7, dismisses their question. He says, it's not for you to know about. It's not important. Let's get back on subject, verse 8. I'm telling you about a promise, and when that promise comes on you, you'll have everything that you need. You'll have every answer that you need. You'll have the power and the ability of my spirit to do everything I've called you to do. I think it's interesting because the disciples in this text are actually like a lot of people that I talk to. They get nervous when you talk about the Holy Spirit. They were interested in the kingdom and the blessing and the promotion and who's going to be elevated and who's going to know my name. And Jesus is like, no, 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 let's get back to this Holy Spirit thing. It seems like talking about the Holy Spirit can make people uncomfortable. Usually depending on their church experience, maybe their church background, maybe something somebody told them, maybe something they saw on TBN one time, I don't know. And they think it's this wild and crazy thing and there's shaking and baking and juking and jiving and shouting and hollering. And I'm good with all of that. I can shake and bake with anybody. I can juke and jive with any of y'all. But if any of that concerns you, I want to help you today by the word of God and just tell you the Holy Spirit is the presence of God. It's the help of God. And it's the power of God. So forget anything like else like that. And I just want to tell you whether maybe you're a little bit standoffish. Maybe you're a little bit shy. Uh, maybe you're even like those believers that I mentioned on Wednesday night that ran into Paul in Acts 19. They're in the Ephesus church. They're serving God. And Paul says, have y'all received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they're like, uh, we have not even heard about what you're talking about. And he says, well, let's not waste any time. Let's pray right now. And, and they didn't shy away. They didn't run away. They didn't change the subject. Paul just lays hands on them. And the Bible said they received the Holy Spirit just like that. I want to tell you, if you'll ask... He will give good gifts to his children. If you'll just say, Lord, I want every good gift that you have for me, he will fill you with the Holy Spirit. He will. How many say amen? So so again, I I, I always like to kind of start out that way, whichever category you're in. You might be a little skeptical. You might be a little shy. Maybe you never heard about this. Or maybe you're already in that juke and jive group. If you're resistant or welcoming or anywhere in between, my goal for you today is to invite the power and the presence of God into your life. This is a promise that Jesus has for everybody. And if you'll just open your heart today and say, Lord, I want the power and the presence and the help of your spirit, I believe God will change your life today. And you will never be the same ever again. I wonder if I have a witness in the house today.
So I, I want to start and just tell you today that the Holy Spirit is the presence of God. Now, what is the Holy Spirit? It's the presence of God. It's the presence of God. David, when he sinned, he recognized that sin separates us from the presence of God. And he prayed this prayer. He said, Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. He was saying, don't take your presence from me. Don't take your anointing from me. Don't take your favor from me. Don't, don't be distant from me. Let, me. let me repent of this sin thing so that I can be near to you again. And, and so the Holy Spirit is just, let me just, just, just get to the foundation of it today. Let me break away all of the other things for just a moment and tell you that if you've ever felt God's presence, that's the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus is not with us in the flesh. It's the Holy Spirit. If God has ever talked to you, maybe not audibly, but you just sensed a still, small voice. You sensed something in your spirit, a leading, an answer. This is right. This is the way. You heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. The prophet Isaiah, he wrote in chapter 30 about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And he said, there was a voice behind me that said, this is the way, walk in it. If you've ever felt this is the way, walk in it, that's a prompting, a leading of the Holy Spirit. So I'm not talking about something goofy or crazy. I'm talking about the voice of God. Uh, if you've ever had this sense that, you know what? I'm going through a valley, I'm walking in a dark time, but he's with me. His rod and thy staff are comforting me. He, he's never left me. That's the Holy Spirit. If you've ever prayed a prayer and you just got a word from God, and, and you just said, I, 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 I know that I'm going through and, and I know that things are confusing, but I just heard a word in my spirit that everything's going to be all right. That's the Holy Spirit. If you've ever received direction from God and said, Lord, I don't know if it's this way or that way or this decision or if it's a yes, if it's a no. If you've ever got a, this is the way, walk in it. That is the leading, the rearing, the guiding, the direction, the hand of the Holy Spirit. I want to say amen. In the book of Acts, we have seven different descriptions. Believers received the Holy Spirit. How many want to receive the Holy Spirit? Believers were baptized in the Holy Spirit. How many want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Believers, let me just stop there. Have you ever seen somebody be baptized in water? It's the same image. I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, just drenching, filled, overflowing with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says they were, thirdly, the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, fourth, I see the Holy Spirit fell on the believers. Five, I see the Holy Spirit came on the believers. Six, I see the Holy Spirit rested on the believers. Seven, I see the Holy Spirit was poured out on the believers. 
Sometimes we get so hung up on the verbiage and the terminology, but remember Luke was just writing as the Holy Spirit overshadowed him, trying to describe all that he saw and experienced. And he's saying they were just baptized. They were just overflowed. They were just, they were just filled. They were just, it was like the Holy Spirit filled the room and just rested on all of them. It was, it was poured out like water. And over 800 times in your Bible, the Spirit of God is mentioned. Jesus said it this way in John 4, 24. He said, God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in their spirit and in truth. And so I just want to tell you the Holy Spirit is the presence of God. It might be invisible, but He is with us nonetheless. It is still tangible, it is still present, it is powerful. You might not be able to put your hand on it like Jesus was in the flesh, but I'll tell you the Spirit of God is the presence of God. He is with us, He is speaking to us, He is leading us, He is filling us, changing us, empowering us, and working in us even today by His presence. I wonder if I got an amen in the house. So, well, maybe I need some convincing because I think I got one amen there. I want to, amen. God's presence is real. The Holy Spirit is real. In the same way that you can't see sound waves, but they're there because you're hearing them right now. You can't see my voice traveling through this microphone into the wireless receiver back there, back, I don't even know how all that works, back to this speaker and out the speaker, but your ears caught the sound wave. But I don't, I'm not seeing it. When you go out in your car, you fire your car up, turn it on Z88.3, there's a radio frequency traveling from wherever their studio is in town, your antenna is catching. Now, I don't see the radio, but if I turn my car on and the radio's not on, I'm like, what's going on? Because I believe in radio frequency. And so, in the same way, my phone will ring. And a cell tower somewhere around here pinged my phone. Somebody on the other side of the world can dial your phone. It hits the cell tower where they are. Some of my science might be mixed up here. Don't get mad at me, but it's the best I understand it. Hits a cell tower. Hits a satellite. Hits a cell tower over here and bings my phone. And I don't understand how it all works, but I know it works. And I don't know how all the Holy Spirit works, but I know He works. I don't know how He's on the throne in heaven and calls my name. But Jesus said, my sheep will know my voice. So I don't know how it all works, but I heard the Lord's call my name. And so are you going to deny just because you can't see how it all works? I don't not answer my phone because I don't see the cell tower ringing me. Technology, I think, is actually helping us build the case for God. He's present. He's calling you. He's got your number. He's reaching for you. Sometimes people say, does God really know me? Can God really see me? Is he really paying attention? And I said, try not paying your taxes. Because the IRS will find you. IRS knows your address. 
They probably know your cell phone. I don't want to get in too much trouble today. But if they can find you, God can find you. People say, I want to see, then I'll, Thomas said, I want to see, then I'll believe. You got to be careful with that. Have you ever seen your stomach, but you still eat? You ever seen your heart? I've got evidence that it's beating, but I haven't ever put my hands on it. I don't want to, but I eat knowing I've got a stomach. I've got enough evidence that I do. When I flip a light switch, I expect the lights to come on because I have faith in the cord and the switch and the electric current. But how many of us failed to call on God? I want to call on heaven because he hears me when I pray. I want to invite his presence in this room because he hears me when I pray. I want to flip that switch and say, Lord, I need a little help down here because he hears me. He's with me. He's working. He's moving by the presence of his Holy Spirit. Somebody ought to say amen. So we get so hung up sometimes with doubting mindsets that we forget that we are actually living in a spiritual world with powers that we might not see, but they're present in our every day. I've got to believe in the presence of God. I want you to believe in the power of God. Why would you hold back calling on his name if you know his presence is here? How I would you call, why would you fail to call on him if you know his spirit is at work in this world today? You know, we're, we're finding out more and more about God's creation. I read recently that we have not yet gone to the boundaries of the universe. Not by spaceship, not by satellite, not even by telescope or any other way. We cannot even photograph the boundary of the universe. Man does not know where it starts. Man does not know where it ends. I'm talking about a big God that created the heavens and the earth. He put all the planets in motion. He gave us a planet and an earth that just works for all of us. And I just feel like if he can do all that, if he can order the heavens, he can order your steps, he can order your life, he can speak life into void. He can speak light into darkness. Somebody ought to call on his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I, uh, I want to go back to my, if you allow me, go back to my youth ministry days here and show you something from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19. Uh, Roger's going to help me out here, so, so don't mind him so much, but check this verse out before we get there. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. I love this verse. It says, don't you know, everybody say, your body, your body, your bodies are temples, thanks Roger, of the Holy Spirit who is in you. Now this is where everything changes because now, now we're talking about, yeah, that works, that works, that's good, thanks, thanks Roger. Now. We're talking about not just the presence of God filling that prayer room. We're talking about the Holy Spirit filling me. It says, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit 
I want you to know today that your body, your being, your vessel can be a temple, a house of the Holy Spirit. Paul says, who is in you, whom you have received from God. He goes on to challenge him and says, you're not your own. So don't live any way you want to live. Don't talk any way you want to talk. You are a temple of the, don't go everywhere you want. You are a temple of God's spirit. So your, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So I want to show you today that we are three parts as human beings. We are body, we are soul, and we are spirit. So I got a jar here. And I want to show you that this jar, I did this with the youth group a long time ago, but it always stuck with me. This jar is your vessel. It's your body. This water, God has given us a spirit. God has given us a spirit. But not only that, he's given us a soul, and that's this net right here. And this comprised of our mind, our emotions, and our will. The Bible teaches us that that control panel is where thought happens. It's where your will, your, your emotions are. And so God has created us this way. He's created our, our bodies. We're an intersection of, of, of natural and supernatural, of body and spirit. And so this netting is your soul, comprised of your mind, your emotions, your will. This, this vessel, this jar, this vase is your body that holds your spirit. And while this body may see corruption, my soul, my spirit will live forever in eternity somewhere. Bible says that God has installed eternity inside of us. And so this is what happens when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. I've got some food dye here that is blue. And I thought if I'm going to use blue food dye, I'm going to wear blue just in case I spill anything on myself. Because then I can still wear it, and people just think, oh, it's polka dotter. It's got a... Now, here's the promise. Don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? And when you are filled, it said when, you are, when the Holy Spirit fills you, when the Holy Spirit baptizes you, when the Holy Spirit rests on you, changes you, Bible said the Holy Spirit will come over you. It's a baptism. And the Holy Spirit begins to change who you are from the inside out. And there is no part of me that is the same because I am filled by the Holy Spirit. My mind doesn't think the same way anymore. Because I'm seeing through the presence of God. I'm seeing through what the Holy Spirit can do in my life. So my mind is not the same anymore. That's why I said there's a re renewing of your mind by the, by the washing of the word and by the spirit of God. My emotions aren't the same. I, I'm, I, I've got joy. I've got peace. I've got love because that all comes through the Holy Spirit. And so, yeah, I know things are bad. I know things are going on. But I've got joy in the Holy Ghost. 
I've got peace in the Holy Ghost because I'm filled. I might not be filled with fear anymore. I'm not fear, filled with because I'm filled with the power, the help, the anointing, the joy, the love, the peace of the Holy Spirit. And even my will has changed. Things, I've got a new will, I've got a new purpose, I've got new ways. I don't want to do the things I used to do because now the Holy Spirit has changed me and filled me from the inside out. I want to tell you today, you can be a temple of the Holy Spirit. And this right here will change your life forever. This is what Jesus promised when he said, don't leave Jerusalem until you're filled. It's that important to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I want to tell you, it's not just that we come to church on Sunday and we feel the presence of God and we go out and endure 167 hours and come back here for an hour a week. But God wants to fill you. He wants you to be a temple, a carrier, a holder, a vessel that is filled with the presence of God. I want you to be baptized. I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit today. It is your right, your privilege, and the promise of Jesus Christ. How many said amen to that? Let's give Roger a great big hand too. I want because I do not want this up here and accidentally spill it. So let's give Roger a great big hand too. I think sometimes we don't realize that we have a need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But not just a need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but a need to continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. I talk to people sometimes, they're like, yeah, yeah, I think at a camp when I was like 14, I really just felt the electricity and I, I just, I jumped for joy and I was praying in the Holy Spirit and, and I'm like, well, has anything happened since you were 14? Because that was a few years ago. Like, no, but it happened back then. I said this off the cuff last week, but I only said it in the second service, so I'll give it to the first service as well. Hopefully nobody got drunk last week, but if you did, I'm pretty sure you're sober now. Ephesians 5.18 says, don't be drunk with wine. Wherein is it? it? Let me see that up there, Pamela. Ephesians 5.18, don't be drunk with wine, wherein is in excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I didn't just come up with this crazy example. It's in the Bible. This comparison is in the Bible. Don't be drunk with wine. Be drunk with the Holy Spirit. Don't be intoxicated with wine. Be intoxicated by God's presence. So the comparison is in the Bible. It matches up. I, I didn't just make this up. But the comparison actually goes back to Acts 2.15, where they accused them on that day of Pentecost of being drunk as they spilled out of that prayer meeting, they're just, they're just drunk in the Holy Spirit. They're just intoxicated. They're, just, they're, just, they're kind of acting funny. They're just waving their hands or dancing or whatever they're doing. And the people said, these folks are drunk. Peter says, well, maybe they are, but it's a new wine. They're not drunk like you think they are. They're not drunk as you suppose. He's like, it's only nine in the morning. And my point is, if you got drunk a few nights ago, you are sober now. And if you were intoxicated by the presence of God 25 years ago, you're sober now. And it's time to get another drink of the Holy Spirit. It's time to be intoxicated 
on a daily basis. It's time to be drinking of the presence of God. You understand what I'm saying? You, you might have got filled 12 years ago, 5 years ago, 6 months ago, 6 weeks ago. But the plan of God is for you to continually drink in the presence of God. Take in His anointing. Take in His power. Take in His presence. Every time we come into this house, we ought to say, fill me one more time. How many said Amen. I got to move on here. The second one I want to give you real quick is the Holy Spirit is our help. Holy Spirit is our help. Holy Spirit is an advocate that helps us. Jesus said this in John 14, verse 16. He says, I pray the Father that he'll give you another helper. John 14, 16. I pray the Father, he will give you another helper. That he may abide with you forever. Everybody say helper. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. Watch it again. He dwells with you and will be in you. In you. Not just in this house, but in you. The NIV translated that word helper, advocate. The King James translated it comforter. And oftentimes when I see three different English words, I want to go to the Greek word. And the Greek word is paraclete. And the closest thing we have to paraclete in the English is a counselor. Imagine a defense attorney advising you, counseling you, standing up for you. Somebody that's on your side, somebody that's helping you, somebody that's pleading your case, giving you advice, giving you counsel. And I touched on this last week. Sometimes your lawyer might tell you, sit down and zip it because you don't know what you're saying. And we could take a deep dive into the Greek language here today, and I'd enjoy all of that. But let me just boil it down today and say, if God is on your side, if he is for you, and God is with you, and God is in you, if God is for you, who can be against you? And that's why you need the Holy Spirit in your life. Another word you could use for the Holy Spirit is intercessor. Somebody that intervenes on your behalf. We saw it last week, but I want to show you something new in it from Romans 8.26. It said, in the same way, the Spirit helps us. Helps us. The Holy Spirit is your helper. In our weakness, we are helped. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with wordless groans. So if you hear somebody praying in the Spirit, you don't know what they're saying. They don't know what they're saying. It might just be like unintelligible. It, it might just sound like, like gibberish. But it's the Holy Spirit praying through you as a helper, as an advocate, as a counselor. Praying for things you didn't know you should be praying for. Praying against things you didn't know you should be praying against. Praying for blessing you didn't have enough faith to pray for. Praying for, for defense for something you didn't even know was coming at you. That's the promise of the Holy Spirit. That's the help of the Holy Spirit. Somebody ought to just pray today, help me by the Holy Spirit. Help me by the anointing of God. Help me by the power and the presence of God. I, I remember a testimony of a man that was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was at a doctor's office. He, he was alone in the waiting room. He didn't have anybody with, me, with him. He was overwhelmed and he was stressed. 
because he was there to receive the report, the doctor's report. They'd been waiting for weeks for these tests that he was having. It was a life-threatening condition. Even though he was there all by himself in the waiting room, he just started praying under his breath. Lord, just be with me. Lord, just, just go before me. Lord, just uh, you're a healer. You're my strength. You're my hope. You're my, your name is my strong tower. You're my savior. You're, you're the great physician. And then he said he started to pray in the Holy Spirit. And he just, he's trying to keep it private. He's trying to, he wasn't trying to cause a scene. But he's just sitting in the corner of that waiting room. Holy Spirit anointing comes on him. And he transitions from praying in the Holy Spirit, from English in praying in the Holy Spirit. A little while later, a man comes up over to him. He was, uh, he was from Russia. And he asked the man a question in Russian. And the man says, I, I don't know what you're saying. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't understand what you're saying. So this man flips back to English and said, you were just speaking Russian. You were praying for God to protect you. You were praying for, to be a good report. You were praying that God would be your healer. And he said, I thought you were speaking a word over me. I thought you knew me. I thought you were talking about me. I thought you were praying for me because I'm here for that same reason. What I want to tell you today is that God can use whatever language he wants. When you begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, you might not even know what you're praying for. You might not, somebody ought to help me today. You might not know who you're praying for, what you're praying for, what you should pray for. But when you pray in the Holy Spirit, God is your helper. Somebody ought to say amen to that. So do you need protection? Do you need help with a decision? Do you need guidance? Maybe you're having a hard time believing some of the things that I'm sharing today and the work and the power of the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit is real and active and working. I'm saying open your heart today. Open your faith and just say, Lord, open your mind up and just say, Lord, if you have more for me, I want more of it. I think so many Christians think, well, God's in the church. Spirit is in the church. But he wants to fill you. He wants to change you. Paul said, have you heard about the Holy Spirit? There's people that haven't even heard about the Holy Spirit. If you have a hard time believing some of the things I'm sharing today, I want you to know there are witnesses in this house that would say the Holy Spirit is real, is active, is working. If you'll open your heart and just say, God, fill me, change me, anoint me, empower me, speak to me. I need your touch. I need your help. I need your power in my life. So maybe you need wisdom. I'll tell you the Bible says the Holy Spirit is a spirit of wisdom. Do you need courage? I'll tell you, courage comes from the Holy Spirit. Peter and John were released from prison, and the Bible says they were encouraged. They received boldness after they were filled again with the Holy Spirit. Do you need favor on your job, in your career? I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit will open doors for you, will go before you. My point today is that the Holy Spirit is not just falling on us, but He is filling us. He is working in us. He is helping us and going before us. I want to show you that verse, eight, uh, Romans 8, 26. I want to show it to you in context because I've read it the last two weeks. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. 
Now, I want to show you another verse that you know, but you might not know that they were back to back or right in the same cluster. It says, he who searches our heart knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So the spirit will intercede. And I showed you last week that Elijah prayed to die. And, and God answered an incorrect prayer correctly when he sent an angel to feed him, encourage him, and give him some rest. And so sometimes we're praying, but it's not the will of God. But the Spirit begins to intercede on behalf of God's people and pray in accordance with the will of God. That's a blessing. I don't have time to stay there. But ver- the next verse, you might know, and we know that in all things. See, a lot of times we jump to this verse without the former two. But in all things... Even when you pray the wrong prayer, even when you did the wrong thing, even when you got mixed up or messed up, the Holy Spirit is my helper that works all things. Is that what it said? Even mistakes, even bad things, even tragedy, even the wrong turn, even a mix up or a mess up or a fall down or whatever. He works all things to good to those that love him. And have been called according to his purpose. I need the Holy Spirit in my life. I need the help of God's Spirit in my life. I need the guidance. I need the will and the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. wonder if somebody say amen to that. Amen, 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 amen. Music come. I've got to close. Last thing I want to tell you is the Holy Spirit is a way maker. Uh, this has been in my, my spirit since we sang that song last week. And I think they almost blew the roof off the place last week. Uh, but you might not realize it, but the Holy Spirit is a way maker. Somebody here today might be saying, why have things been happening the way they are? By the power of God, he can work everything out to good. But you need to pray in the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, you, you might be here today and, and you don't understand everything that's been going on. He's, this happened and I don't understand it. And, and I, I don't understand why that happened last year. And I still don't understand why, why that thing came at me and the sickness and, and that broken relationship and that failed uh, thing. And, and, and I just want to tell you today that God, by His Spirit, can work all things together for good. If you'll just pray, if you'll just call on His presence, if you'll just be led by the Holy Spirit, you'll say, I don't know why I'm being led here, but I'm being led here. If you'll just be moved by the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, in that time, don't even worry about what you're going to say. Just open your mouth and the Spirit's going to fill it. He said, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm just being led by the Holy Spirit to say this. He might go to do something. He said, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm just... I'm just led by the Holy Spirit to do this. You'll see how the things you said, the things you did, the places you went, the things that happened, God has a way of making it because He's a way maker, makes it all come together. The Holy Spirit is a way maker. Maybe there's a closed door and it's supposed to be closed and you just say, all right, Lord, it's a closed door. Maybe there's a, a, a door that's closed, but by the Holy Spirit, you know He's going to open. He can open a closed door. And a door He opens, no man can shut. Or He can close a door that we were never meant to walk through. I remember that 
Peter knocked on the door of a man named Cornelius. And it, it happened by the Holy Spirit, and it's in this book that we've been in today, this book of Acts. The Bible tells us that Peter knocked on this man's door named Cornelius. He's an Italian man. He wasn't a Hebrew, wasn't a Jew. And it all happened because Peter had a Holy Spirit-inspired dream. What I thought about as I was preparing this is that they were actually getting ready to eat lunch. And Peter escapes for a little while to have some time of prayer. He could have been like just talking or in the kitchen or whatever, but he escaped to the rooftop for some time of prayer. The Bible says as he's up there, he has this Holy Spirit-inspired dream. And, and I'll let you read it on your own time. In fact, I preached a whole message on it in January when we were in our fast. It said, until this hour. Because when Peter knocked on Cornelius' door, he said, I've been fasting and praying until this hour. And, but it was a Holy Spirit-inspired dream that led Peter to be open to this divine connection that the Holy Spirit made and even told him, go see him and go to this address on this street. And, and, and Cornelius opens the door and Cornelius says, you know what, I've, I've been praying that God would bring more into my life. I just knew there was more for me and my family. And Peter says, let me tell you about the Holy Spirit. Let me tell your family about the Holy Spirit. Cornelius said, come on in. And the Bible says that Peter begins to, he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to go to this address and knock on this door. And on the other side of the door, Cornelius has been praying, saying, Lord, I know there's more for me. And Peter comes in, he says, yeah, there is. He starts to preach about the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says before Peter is done speaking, I don't know if anybody knows the book today, before Peter was done speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on his whole house, his wife, his kids, his employees, the servants of the house. Everybody in the house was filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and baptized in the water that same day. I wonder if you're staying with me today. I wonder if today you would just start thanking the Lord because he's got a great plan. He's got something better. Maybe this thing didn't happen, but I'll tell you, he's saving you for another thing. He's saving you for another opportunity. He's saving you for that other person. And I think that if you really thought about it, you would know. And if you really pay attention and watch closely, You'll see that your life will intersect and you'll see relationships and overlaps. And if you really think about it right now, you'll say, there's no explanation for that other than it was the Spirit of God making a way because there's times in my life where I would have never expected that encounter. I would have never naturally met that person. The way it all came down, the way it all happened, the way I found that church, it, it, it wasn't a coincidence. And you know, deep down, that it was the power and the way-making ability of the Holy Spirit. It was that God had a plan all along. He had a purpose all along. He had an assigned connection 
an assigned moment, assigned time, and somebody knocked on my door, I want to tell you, you have a helper. You have a way maker. You have an advocate. God is on your side. He's making a way out of no way. What was Peter doing? He was praying. What was Cornelius doing? He was praying. I told you last week that the language of the Holy Spirit is prayer. But I also want to tell you that he inhabits the praises of his people. And I want to create space today to just lift our hands all over this house. And I wonder as many as would would press to the front today. I believe there can be a pouring, a filling, a baptizing of his presence, of his anointing. I wonder how many would help me and just be the first one maybe to come down and just lift up their hands. And I just want to take a moment before the band begins to sing. I wonder how many would come. As many as would come. From the back to the front to the left to the right. How many would just come and just step out? I want to just create a moment. I closed with this verse last week. I didn't intend to. But Jesus said, if you'll just ask your heavenly Father for good gifts, he'll give. A lot of times we think that means a job promotion or a new car or another thing, whatever. But Jesus defined the gift and he said, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? I wonder how many just lift their hands and say, Lord, give me every good gift that you have. Fill my life change my heart change my mind change my will change my emotions change me from my head to my toe inside and out you're a way maker that is what you are way maker miracle worker promise keeper That is what you are. Would you just say that with me today? You're a way maker. You're a way maker. You're my healer. You have miracle power. You're a promise keeper. Come on, somebody just talk to the Lord right now. Just lift up your voice before they sing all over the room. Lord, we need you. Lord, we call on you. You're a way maker. You're my healer. You're my savior. You're a promise keeper. Hallelujah. Lord, you're here. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I worship you. Yes, yes, yes. I worship you. You are here. Working in this place. I worship you. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend and don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.